from LA got about three hours <laughs> it says two hours and 40 something minutes and it says there's some kind of accident on the five causing like a 50 something minute delay I'm like oh gosh whatever so last night I didn't I didn't head out like I was going to um, I was gonna leave LA um, I'm headed to Black Pride in San Diego it starts in two hours <laughs> for the event tonight but I'm not gonna make it in two hours I wasn't really trying to make it in two hours anyway, um, but, yeah, I, I basically, um, I'm glad to be able to go, I'm glad to get up out of the house, um, yeah, last night I was recording about, um, just kind of situations when it comes to maybe, like, stressors with work, and, you know, ego involved with work, uh, to the tune of, um, not necessarily, like, bad co-workers or anything like that, but just, like, ego as in, like, you know, you know, if people have situations, like, how it can be difficult to ask for time off when you know it's not for, like, an event, but it's kind of for self-care, um, or how, how it can be difficult to address, um, um, uh, um, <laughs> it can be hard to address, like, uh, like, work in general, um, like, uh, like, performance, um, at work, that kind of thing, so... I just think, I just think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot, <laughs> um, but I, I feel like it was worth recording, I just haven't yet posted it, because I'm not sure if I really want to post that, uh, sometimes I, when I record stuff, it gets, I don't mind getting deep with stuff, but sometimes it's a little personal, maybe, so I'm kind of like, I don't really know if I really want to be, like, all out there with, like, everything, so I'll sit on it a couple, a couple nights, uh, I'm in no rush to post that, um, but, you know, I was, uh, I guess with some topics that come up for, you know, relevant to pride you know it's pride month guys it's it's june 25th pride month is almost over i remember in the month of may doing a couple uh well depending which podcast you listen to you know i i do a i did like a pride boot camp kind of uh episode and that went well it was a few episodes you know about like just kind of getting yourself in 
into, you know, the spirit of things, you know, and, you know, trying to be your most proud, confident self, you know, by the time, you know, pride season rolls around, so, you know, I liked posting that, I'd never really posted anything like that before, but it was pretty cool to be like, yo, like, this is kind of like what, what, like, a healthy lifestyle looks like, and, you know, we all know I've been changing a lot of stuff here and there, um, so it's been hard for me to kind of keep up a routine, but, you know, I'm getting back into a routine, it's just a challenge, because it's been a while, um, it's just a challenge, because it's been, um, a lot of just back and forth, the driving, the, everything, you know, moving was just, it was a lot, so, um, you know, today, since I'm on my way to this, uh, festival, you know, I, I want to kind of talk about, you know, what I notice when it comes to, uh, you know, um, what I notice when it comes to, you know, pride season, LGBTQ plus, um, type issues or, you know, concerns, and, um, you know, uh, being able to, to, uh, talk about those types of concerns, and, you know, have people in your court that kind of, like, understand you on a, on a, on a good level, um, you know, it's not, it's not always super easy, but, you know, I, I would say, overall, um, I mean, when, when it comes to the black community in general, I mean, we, we've got so much happening as it is, that I, I, I get the impression that the last thing most people are really trying to, um, you know, put at the forefront is, you know, being a, a, a minority even more so, you know, if it's not ethnic or gender, you know, and then putting more gender diversity into the loop and putting sexuality into the loop. I mean, those are, I mean, race is personal, ethnicity is personal, where you're from, your culture, all that's personal, but you know, I think people kind of, the general population understands, you know, if I was born in Russia, or if I was born in one of many places, like, if I was born in Russia, if I was born in, um, in, um, you know, Ukraine, if I was born in, you know, anywhere, pretty much, Chechnya, if I was born in Africa, in Zimbabwe, if I was born in, you know, in the U.S., if I was born in Compton, you know, I feel like people kind of get that, um, but I feel like it's different when it comes to, you know, how how you identify your sexuality, how a person identifies you know, their gender, you know, their preferences, and all sorts of things, I feel like, you know, we get to a place where it gets real different real quick, um, 
gosh, with these sirens. Everybody's like moving out of the way. I can't tell if they're like turning or what. Okay, they're turning. Man. I was just watching the, uh, it was going to be like the second or third time that I've crossed some sirens today. Um, I just have to say, you know, my family lives nearby a police station and in the neighborhood where I'm from, there's definitely like a whole lot of in the neighborhood where I'm from, there's definitely a whole lot of, um, you know, I don't know if I want to call it concern, but there's, there's definitely a lot of, like, you know, attention, you know, towards, like, like, medical care, hospitals, that kind of thing, clinics, um, there's a lot of that in the city where I'm staying, and maybe that is what's contributing to there being so many sirens all over the place, everywhere. But um, I feel like that's maybe not that's maybe not the main thing. Like I'm just kind of concerned that I see so many sirens and so much like, or I hear like so many sirens so often, like. You know, I was raised in, you know, the same house where I'm staying in now. I was, I was raised there for so many years that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I tuned it out, but I don't remember. I mean, I remember there were days where I didn't hear sirens like at all. It was like a rare thing to hear sirens. And even though we're near a fire station, it's not always the fire station that, you know, it's like ambulances coming by mostly ambulances paramedics and things like that and you know I've never witnessed that before um I mean yeah it's LA you know like there's a lot that you just kind of expect from the city that you know things just happen you're not really um in the kind of city to be like oh this isn't like normal but the amount that I've been hearing and I've been around for maybe like a month and I'm noticing it like way more than ever that I've I like I've never noticed it before I'll put it that way like we've always lived that that uh fire station was always there even before my parents got the house I recall the person who was selling it you know I remember she was this chatty lady and um she was, you know, giving us a tour around, and I remember her telling my parents that one of her kids had asthma, and, like, the, you know, it was such a close fire station that the, you know, the, the, the other son, when, when the one with the asthma attacks would, would have some issues and complications, the one son would just run over there and get them to come over to the house, um, to help and so that was something that I was just like okay I I get it but um yeah like I never really noticed like I'm not saying that we never had you know emergency people coming or like you know there was never like 
emergencies or anything, but I'm just saying, like, the amount that I hear just within the last, like, month or so um, is a lot more than what I ever remember hearing. And that's, you know, I've, I've visited in between, and this is the most that I ever remember just, like, sirens, sirens, sirens. Um, I notice it too because I'm, I'm, you know, after work and stuff, I'm like recording on this podcast and then I'm like, okay, like here comes another siren. Okay. Here comes another this or another that it just feels, um, so different from what I, what I remember. I don't remember it being so, so heavy on the, on the sirens and stuff. Um, but again, this is LA, but I mean, like, I'm still like, you know, it's just not, this is maybe the new normal, I don't know, um, but, yeah, but getting back to what I was trying to say, you know, when it comes to, you know, LGBT concerns in the black community, it's, it's so complex, you know, like, I feel like people don't, are, people already don't, um, consider or think about sexuality and gender in the same way they think about, you know, your race or your ethnicity or something like that. Like, what I'm trying to say is, like, you can be born with certain things, um, and even if people are prejudiced against you and don't, and don't like you because of your race or your ethnicity, they seem to kind of understand that, okay, this is just where you're from this is your culture this is where you're from this is how you're gonna look people tend to understand that but when it comes to like lgbtq plus culture queer culture um you know people who are non-binary people who identify as studs or stems or even femmes or you know if you have any kind of identity pretty much um and put a label to it that's already in quotes kind of other you know um I feel like cis straight people don't really call themselves cis straight people they don't really say oh I'm cis or oh I'm like they'll say they're straight like I've mentioned before I've had you know a couple ladies tell me that they were straight without me you know without it being provoked like I never asked I was just like they happened to be in a gay bar with the as a group of my friends with a group of their friends that were that we shared the same friends and then they were just like talking and mentioned that you know and and I just was like okay like thanks for sharing with me that you're that you're you know <laughs> straight like okay like I don't know why they felt compelled to tell me you know I I wasn't interested anyways but I think that they assumed because I was talking to them that I was interested and I think that's already a problem in itself but I mean like because it's just I don't know it comes across as rude to me to, for someone to just be like I'm straight it's like okay like I feel like the default is almost that you know the majority of the people that you tend to meet are likely going to be straight people um so I don't know why they would feel the need to like tell you and I I, I'm not flirty I don't hit on people like that I'm not like a flirty kind of person 
I'm sociable, but I'm also really shy. But, like, you know, if you're a friend of my friend, you know, and we're at, like, a, a club or a bar or something, I'm likely going to talk to you. Like, especially if I've had a drink or two, I'm likely going to feel comfortable enough to just be like, hey, what's up? You know, like, you're sitting right next to me. I'm not going to, like, completely avoid you. Um, but I don't know. When it comes to... So... Some of my friends had, 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 you know, some of my LGBT friends have had different reactions to Black Pride, like, and so I have some friends that I don't even know if they're, if they're gay, straight, whatever. I know that they, um, are in a, you know, in a cis relationship, male female dating relationship but I don't really know other than that like how they identify or anything but they've never done or said anything um I've even seen people flirting with them and they've never been like put off by it or whatever like they're never like um rude um so at the least they're very like aware of and open-minded but you know, they might actually be part of the community, but I don't really know. I mean, they're definitely allies at the least. And I don't want to say at least, because that sounds like it's, it's like a less than kind of thing. Like, um, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how else to word it, like, but they're definitely allies. And so that's comforting. And then, you know, I've had other friends who are white friends that, you know, I mean, we've never really not gotten along about, like, racial stuff, like, we talk about race, and, like, you know, I'm comfortable around them as a black person being around them, like, they're, you know, they're into things related to black culture, but they've never really, um, been, like, overtly too, um, um, open about, about, like, too much, like, I've had a friend that was from Mexico mentioning how, you know, they don't really have the same opportunities as far as, like, education, because, you know, they'd be considered an international student, and, you know, they, because of, you know, you know, their, their, um, citizenship, they don't have the same rights, you know, to school and, uh, funding for education and stuff like that, um, and it's super expensive, I understand, and so it's like, you know, that does also impact, um, their opportunities for work and stuff like that, um, and I do understand that, I'm not, I, you know, and, and it's something that, interestingly enough, as many people as I know that are international students or that were international students, or that were on a student visa, or, you know, you know, I have family members that, you know, were on a student visa. My dad came, you know, to the U.S. and was not a citizen, um, and went and studied in the U.S. as an adult, um, and yeah, things like that. So, I, you know, I, it's just kind of, some other minority status that's that's interesting to me 
um, that I don't really know what to do about um, because it really does put people at somewhat of a disadvantage. Like it doesn't. It ultimately what people's education is, um, you know, and how much they make isn't like something that's really gonna deter me from really like hanging out with them or being friends with them. Like I've had friends who are homeless. Um, who didn't have a place to be, who didn't have stable housing, who didn't have work, you know, I've had friends in all kinds of different situations, and so, you know, I'm not usually too hung up on that kind of stuff, I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, they weren't, these, these, you know, people weren't, aren't, not everybody's able to really have the options that they want to have I guess I'll put it that way like that's what seems more concerning about it is that if a person wanted to go to school and wanted to have those options and you know they you know if they're not a citizen then their life is going to look a lot different um and you know this is people that are potentially they could be white passing but also you know they're queer people, um, and so, you know, and then gender presentation-wise, they might not look like, you know, a cis, cis, stereotypical cisgender-looking type of person, and that kind of thing, so it's like, I know that, you know, people get, people get harassed, and, you know, accosted, and approached, and, you know, just it's weird out there. It's really weird out there. And when we start looking at black people, African American people, I mean, you can be um, black and not African American, and you can be African American and not really consider yourself black necessarily. Um, but you know for the most part, unless you're wearing some kind of traditional garb or have any specific features, because some, you know, some people from different parts of Africa do have, like, some specific type of features that makes them look a certain way, like, um, like, there was someone that I was kind of going out with for a little bit that she almost looked like she was, um, one of those, one of those, um, people from she looked like she could have been from like the himba tribe like she kind of had that kind of look to her but she wasn't from there but um at least to her knowledge she wasn't like I don't know if she knew like if she had African heritage or what but yeah there are people from like the the Caribbean people from you people in like South America people in Central America people in Mexico um that are black people and all over the world but I mean like a lot of people trace their origins not necessarily always just to Africa um and a lot of people who are African-Americans I don't know the percentage but it's not uncommon to come across people who can't really track their lineage past slavery um I think that's a big deal um it's a big deal, you know, it's a big deal to have your narrative begin with slavery, and then just unknown before that, like, 
with DNA and everything, like, we can kind of know more about, like, origins, but it's, like, people might not know their family names or specific tribal history and things like this, and so, um, most cultures don't have that, um, as part of their narrative. Most cultures, most people might not know, you know, um, a lot of their heritage and, like, their great 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 grand this or that you know like where they were from and how these people came over to this part of the world and who was fighting or marrying and having kids with whom and you know all this kind of thing like a lot of people don't go that in depth into their own um, narratives but for those who want to a lot of people can for for black americans a lot of black americans cannot go into their history past where it's documented um I don't think it was documented um everywhere or anywhere I mean I could be wrong there might be documentation somewhere of slaves or some slaves and their names and where they were from and all this um some kind of a a system of like categorizing or something that's something I don't know, and I would totally have to look into this, but I don't, I don't really even know, um, I really don't know, I really don't, I really just don't know, I don't know what else to say, um, but I really just don't know, I don't, I don't really know if, if it's possible, or if it's, uh, common or likely that there are people who, um, are kind of on the same page with that kind of stuff. So, um, that's something that I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of understand more and more. Um, but I don't really know. I mean, like, I've, I've talked about this before, but even my family's, um, you know, native language, native tribal language from my dad's side, um, there weren't even any, like, books or online resources, even from Zimbabwe's, uh, bookstores, and, like, when, when I used to search when I was in, like, high school and, uh, early college age, you know, I used to look for, uh, language books, I'm really good with languages and things like that, and I used to look for language books on how to learn this, how to say this, how to say that, um, I I was really good with Spanish, and I was able to use Spanish because, you know, living in Southern California, you have plenty of opportunities to use Spanish. There are plenty of people who speak Spanish. Uh, There are plenty of people who don't mind speaking Spanish with you, even if you suck at speaking Spanish. Um, So I was lucky to be able to just, like, dive in and then went to Mexico quite a few times and was able to be there for, like, 10-day periods, like, trying to speak Spanish to, like, local people and stuff. Um... And it was, it was a, it was a good time, um, and, you know, I think when it comes to language, um, nowadays with YouTube, you can learn so much, um, with the internet, there are so many people posting so much free content, like, I even remember growing up, um, uh, there was a point where I don't think my grandparents ever got internet, but there was a point when 
people didn't really have internet, Wi-Fi, computers, cell phones. Um, they only had landlines. Um, and this was after phones were even more popular. I feel like once the smartphone became a little more popular and then it, it started becoming more available to people around the world. Um, but yeah, my my grandparents, I don't recall if they had a phone or not of their own, like a landline phone, but, you know, they didn't speak English. And so, you know, because, you know, my dad's kind of a distant guy. And so he's, he's not really the person who would be like patient enough to teach you a language or wanting to kind of like spend that much energy in teaching a language to you. And also he's not patient enough to you know for someone to be comfortable as his student like he's very impatient and grumpy and grouchy and irritable and kind of just like he just doesn't have patience he's a good teacher but just the moodiness that comes with the way he treats people um and especially if he's not doing it for like a professional reason like when it comes to like family and stuff he has a really short fuse and so I, you know, my dad is fluent, but he also never really taught us a lot. He taught us, like, a little bit when we were, like, young. And then, you know, we learned more as we had, like, cousins that were, like, immigrating and starting college and school and stuff. Um, They were coming to the U.S., and we learned from them and from aunts and uncles. Well, mostly aunts. I don't think I had a lot of uncles that stayed over at our house, but we had some aunts that came through. And they wouldn't stay for, like, a day or two. They would stay for, like, multiple weeks, maybe a couple months, just to settle in and, like, have a, like, transitional point so that they kind of got used to the culture, used to the food, used to how to shop and stuff. And my mom would, like, take them around and, like, everything. But a lot of them, these were people who already knew English. Um, But, you know, in the house, like, they weren't always speaking English. And so, like, that was the best way to learn. And outside of that, you know, once everybody who was going to come over kind of settled and came and already had all come over we kind of don't really talk um too much anymore um like not in English and so it's just not an easy language to learn but it but on my end I feel very blessed and lucky that I do know the of the language I know about it I know you know, I have access to people who know, like, the history, um, you know, I, I do have, like, some connection to a background of, um, non-enslaved background, and, and so, um, that to me is very valuable, and I don't, I don't think I'm, I, I don't want this to come across as me sounding like I think I'm better than anybody, or worse than anybody, or, you know, I just know it's different. It's a difference um, that you don't really tend to see um, a lot. Like, and I know that my parents got shit for getting married. Um, like, I saw my, I saw my, and I often refer to my parents as African because I feel like the strongest force that we were raised in the household was like African culture. Um, my mom was born in the U.S., um, so I'm not really trying to erase that culture. I mean, I'm clearly American, too. I was raised in the U.S. Um, I consider myself black and African-American. I will always say both, um, but 
people don't look at me in SIBO. Um, when people look at me, they mostly, you know, hear that I don't have an accent from some other country. And unless they see my last name, which isn't like fully noticeable as an African name. I mean, it's definitely not English, but it's not noticeable as an African name when it is an African name, though. But because it's got letters in like weird sequences that, that English doesn't have, like, you know, um, like, you know, like. Like, in English, for example, you usually don't have, like, MZ together, or you usually don't have MH together, stuff like that. Like, so a lot of my family has names that are like that, and, you know, my, my first name is just Grace, and then my last name is just, you know, I'm not going to say it, but um, my last name is, uh, is an African last name. But um, a lot of people don't really know what it is when they first see it um and a lot of people don't see my last name because I don't like post it all over the place or anything like I'm proud of it but like I like my privacy too and then um you know I I often notice that you know people aren't uh they're they're not like like how do I say this? Like, yeah, I'm not trying to say that, that because I, you know, have a heritage that's not fully, you know, slavery on both sides of my parents' uh, families that I'm, that I, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I really don't think I'm better than anybody. Um, I'm just saying that's part of my story. And what I was trying to say is, like, my parents got shit for... Uh, marrying each other like you wouldn't think that there's like prejudice and racism with black people but my mom said that like she had some family members saying like oh you can't trust black people and there was some like I mean not black people but you can't trust Africans and like they're a whole different culture and like you know they might they had some prejudice ideas that like somebody was gonna like expect you to be their slave and like they were in they they you know kind of I don't remember how to word this idea, how there there was this idea in my mom's side of the family that black, that the black Africans were the ones who sold some of their people into slavery too, and so there was some resentment towards, you know, my dad as, a, as someone being from an African country that, like, how could, and it wasn't even specifically like, oh, like, like, we're the, we're with the same background even like it wasn't even like noticeable backgrounds and stuff like that that like oh we know that we were from the same tribe or whatever it, it was there's was nothing like that it was just Africans in general right and Africa Africa is huge like it's so many countries like in North America we just have like Canada and the U.S. and Mexico and then it goes into Central America um and then, you know, we still have, like, I guess, like, there's Alaska, there's, you know, Hawaii, and there's territories. Those aren't, those aren't, like, attached to, like, the mainland U.S. Um, and, and, you know, but, yeah, like, North America only has, like, a little bit. It doesn't have, like, a whole lot of countries like Africa has. Africa has a whole load of countries. And so who knows, you know, and who knows who, 
who is how related to who. Um, but yeah, to hear family members saying stuff like that is, I mean, they've never said that to me and I've never had them treat me oddly or badly because of having a, a dad from another country, but they, you know, they're from the Midwest and they were also kind of just like, yo, like when you think of it, like almost 40 something years ago, like that was a bigger deal, you know, the town that my, that my mom was from, like they barely got a Catholic church within a drivable distance, um, within my lifetime. And so, you know, I don't think they have any synagogues, they don't have any mosques, like, it's, like, they're very, you know, everybody's kind of of the same accord, even though there is diversity with race and that kind of thing, like, in that part, you know, it, there's not a whole lot of diversity, and there is kind of this outsider mentality, like, you're not from this town, like, even when I, even when me and my sister, uh, went there, um, for, I think it was for my great-grandma's 100th birthday, um, we were there in town, and I think it was near 4th of July as well, I think so, I think it was the same time period, and we stayed for the 4th of July too, and I remember when me and my sister were just trying to take a walk, and this is a small town of 3,000 people, I think they, they count 3,000 with the with the prison maybe I don't really know that's what I've heard there's some debate if it's 3,000 with the prison or 3,000 without the prison um and so it's a very 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 small town and me and my sister were walking around and more than once you know people stopped their car and asked us who we were or where we were from or whatever and we just you know we were there like people knew my grandma and my great-grandma and stuff like that and so they they knew like which family so I just said their last name and you know it's kind of interesting too even growing up and it's a it's an American last name but it's kind of interesting even growing up um when I was when I was there um you know I lived I lived in the Midwest for like the first five years of my life and you know during those last like one or two years or so I'm not sure the exact timeline, but I was being raised by, like, two of my aunts who lived with each other, their sisters, and, um, they were kind of taking care of me. One of them was more in charge of watching me and my brother, and then the other one was more in charge of, um, of, uh, of, um, not just watching me, but, uh, like, I guess it was her house, technically, so we lived at her house, all of us lived at her house. Um, and so I remember back then they used to call me by, you know, like they'll say, like when they get mad at you, they say your whole name, you know, they say like Grace, da 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 you know, they'll say like your whole name to like call you over, meaning like this is serious, you know, <laughs> like come here now kind of thing. And so, um, they, they would, they would call me by the last name of my mom last name and now I don't know if it's because maybe they were embarrassed to try to pronounce the last name from my dad's side but I mean clearly I was there I was my parents child so you know I have my dad's last name and so it was just interesting because I remember that still even clearly um my 
certain aunts would call me, you know, with jokes. They'd be like, oh, you're one of us. You're one of our family. You're this, you know, like, say if the last name was, like, Smith or something like that, which it wasn't. But say say if that was the last name, they'll be like, you're Smith, you know, like, like that. And it's like, I'm not, you know, like, that's, that, well, I am partially, but I'm not, like, that's not my last name, you know what I mean? So it was kind of interesting and then I was also raised with my dad calling me like an African first name that I wasn't given. It, well, it's not my birth name, but uh, you know, I I answer to it. You know, like I'm used to being called that, but I it's not my name. Um, but I just I just find that kind of thing interesting. And um, yeah, so even when my parents got married, they got married at a, at a, like a, I've seen pictures, it looks like a chapel, um, they didn't have, like, gowns and suits and tucks and all that kind of stuff, it was my grandma and one of my aunts, the one who was, um, who was, who I said, like, I lived at her house, uh, with the other aunt and my brother, um, she had kids too she had like a son and a daughter and so you know um, but they were older and we didn't really like hang out with them even though I really loved my cousins when I was younger I looked up to them and I always wanted to be around them but they kind of just like didn't really take too much time to be like around and stuff like they were just kind of living their own lives um so I never remember being like too like playing with them too much or anything even though I, I really wanted to I liked being around them but um, yeah, I, I don't remember, um, I really don't remember ever being, like, intru- like, what am I trying to say? Like, I don't remember being, you know, like, any prejudice necessarily that I heard firsthand, but just, like, from what my mom told me and then my dad's never told me anything about prejudice from the other side of the family um and then you know my 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 um yeah if you look at the picture from when they got married it was like at a chapel or something and it was just my grandma and my mom's oldest sister and there wasn't anybody else from the family who went and I'm just kind of like that's weird to me um because I mean especially if it's at a chapel it's like such a casual thing like you can just pop in you don't need like like maybe they did it at a time of day when nobody really was available but it's like I doubt that they probably invited a bunch of people uh, none of my dad's family was there I mean they didn't really have like a big ceremony or anything I know they weren't like rolling in money or anything but still like you know I don't think that they did it like at a church it didn't look like a church that I had recognized um it looked like it was either like a courthouse or like a chapel at a courthouse or something like that I don't really know um so and that's fine I mean it's fine for people to do that but it's just surprising to me that like nobody showed up at the wedding hardly um and so it's kind of like in my head I'm like I kind of know where the main support was early on because this was before I was even born and I'm looking at pictures where it's like nobody came to the wedding and then there's like I wasn't even born yet 
Um, and so, and that, yeah, so I can tell that my mom's oldest sister kind of isn't like the most on the, on the very prejudiced side and neither was my grandma. And I never really got an impression from them, um, that there was like nobody, nobody really overtly on my mom's side been like really prejudiced. Um, on my dad's side, um, I've had, I've had a cousin, just one cousin, I think that that cousin has a problem with everybody. So I'm not even going to really take that into consideration because that cousin, I mean, I've heard a rumor that people say that people are kind of like scared of that person. Um, and that person kind of tends to, you know, step on people's toes and kind of like go out of their way to kind of like bully people. And so, you know, and I keep my distance. I don't, you know, I remember once, you know, they were, they were trying to get me in trouble before. And I remember another time, um, they were trying to, like, I remember they, like, they were with their, their younger sister. And, you know, I think I was going to drive them somewhere. I can't remember. We were like standing out in the driveway and the one cousin, the problematic one started talking to the other cousin, saying things. Um, and just kind of like, mumbled some stuff and you know didn't really uh you know was talking about I think I had acne or something like that and I was like a teenager or something and I'm pretty sure I had acne or something and I remember um I could tell what she was saying even though I couldn't understand word for word but I just told her I was like I understand what you're saying you know and um, they were looking kind of like embarrassed about that and I was just kind of like wow because this was like one of the first times I'd ever really met with them or like hung out with them or anything and I haven't had a lot of interactions there was another time when I was talking to this person or they were talking to me and you know we're kind of mentioning some things about my parents and stuff like that and you know like kind of not directly about my parents, but I could tell they were kind of trying to, like, talk about a situation that happened between them and my parents that had nothing to do with me at all, um, that my dad had told me about, like, once we were there, at, it was, like, at a wedding, and so once we were at the wedding, my dad's like, hey, this thing's been going on, it's like, okay, and then, like, that cousin brought it up, like, stuff like that, where it's like, whatever, like, we're not really involved with each other enough for me to even really think about it really mattering but yeah I, I wouldn't say that I've experienced too too much prejudice other than that um person that's problematic and then otherwise I, I haven't really had like a lot of people in my family saying too much stuff but I I can tell that there is some prejudice thinking against Americans there is some prejudice thinking against Africans. Um, and so it's just kind of an interesting dynamic to be a part of. And as a black person, it's like, okay, like black people can still hate on black people. And I think that's something that a lot of um, cultures maybe don't realize um, is that 
you know, um, it's still considered like an inter-ethnic, I guess, inter-ethnic marriage, you know, like it's definitely two separate, completely separate cultures, uh, but with a lot of values similar. Um, I'd say one thing on my dad's end that he values more as like something that he overtly talks about that I his side of the family overtly speaks about more more so than my than my mom's side is they're very like business oriented and very like education oriented uh I feel like on my mom's side people are kind of fine you know just like go to go to school go to high school get your diploma um get work and call it a day that's fine you know like on my dad's side it's like you know you have opportunities to get higher degrees so why not go for it you know like it's you know sky's the limit kind of thing and he would be like more likely to push that kind of thinking of like you know don't think small kind of like think about you know you can make six figures and like that's kind of his mentality of like you know making more money and being more financially set I don't, I don't really get that impression from my mom's side, and it's fine, you know, I'm just saying that's a big difference, that my dad's side kind of, I wouldn't say they're chasing riches, but they're definitely uh, a different mindset of, like, that's why a lot of them were coming to the U.S. was because, you know, of the opportunities to get education and, you know, start uh, better career options and things in, in this country, and so, um, and they, you know, they all are living in places where it's you know lower cost rent and so they've had like bigger houses and bigger um everything um and the level of success you know being able to like have their parents live with them or get their parents their own place or whatever that may look like um and so that's definitely a difference that I noticed um between my my parents uh and you know I I don't know if if uh I mean there's some there's some prejudice on my parents side too when it comes to racial dating topics um I mean my parents always say like you know, they want us to marry, like, African princes and princesses, and it's kind of like, I don't know where they expect these things, these people to come from, you know, um, because where I live, I've never met any, and, um, and also, they kind of expect us to be a little more traditionally, like, how an African kid would, would, you know, take on certain responsibilities and all these kind of things, they kind of see things like that, like, this is your responsibility, this is your, um, you know, your role, and they're very, you know, um, there's a lot of expectations that you have based on whatever's going on, basically, um, but I feel like my mom's side's more like, you know, everybody just does their American thing, but, yeah, I would say in, in my household, I was kind of raised with with a with um, a slight amount of prejudice. Um, I remember it didn't really hit me much until 
a later grade, I think I was in like 7th grade, 8th grade or so, when I started, you know, thinking I was like cool, using like curse words, swear words, uh, talking about black people this, white people that, um, and I know it made some people uncomfortable, but I never really um, knew to stop, you know, and um, nobody really said too much about it. Um, I was never, like, overtly racist towards, like, my friend, but I would be, like, at the lunch tables, for example, and this is, like, a Christian private school, and I, you know, I'd be with my minority friends, and we'd be, like, talking shit about, like, oh, like, white people are mean, or white people are, you know, this or that, and then, like, I remember only once the, um, the pastor's oldest daughter, who was in my grade, Uh, she was white, and she was just like, you guys, like, you know, she kind of, like, said like that, but otherwise, you know, and then I I used to think, I had a teacher that I used to think was racist, Um, and I remember telling my dad that I thought she was racist, and he was just kind of like, it's good that you guys are thinking about these topics, but that's not what racism looks like, you know, Um, but I did kind of think that she kind of didn't like me because of my race, but I also was a troublemaker a little bit, not really a troublemaker, but I was, like, a little bit, like, you know, rowdy, and, like, you know, I wasn't paying attention in her class, and it was, like, me and my brother and, like, a couple other guys who were minorities, like, they were, like, Latino dudes and a couple other guys, because I felt like, you know, that's how we're, like, based on, like, I don't know if it was the media or what, but, like, I used to only watch, like, BET, like, that was some, not only, but, like, that was something I gravitated towards, but I was never really raised in a neighborhood that had a lot of black people, didn't go to, like, a predominantly black school, um, and so, you know, I, I wasn't really raised around a lot of people, like, culturally that looked like me or who were from the same backgrounds, and so, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, I was, I was, I wanted to be a rapper, and I need to be good at basketball, and I need to be, like, you know, like, the gay stuff wasn't even, like, on my radar back then too much, um, I wasn't even really thinking about dating and stuff, um, you know, I, I wasn't really too concerned with a lot of those kinds of things, and so, um, I remember just kind of being like, like, um, kind of like happy to be, happy to be myself, (laughs) um, but, you know, I didn't really, I mean, looking back, I can tell I was a bit obnoxious, but I don't think I was really racist, because I had a lot of friends that were white, and there wasn't, like, any specific white person, like, picking on me, like, I was around so many white people, and I don't think I had, like, experiences directly from the people I was with all the time, like, mostly through church and through the school and sports and stuff that I had picking on me, but I just knew that I gravitated more towards, like, other black students and Latinos because we were definitely minorities, um, and I had a lot of Asian friends, too, uh, but somehow back then I knew that, you know, they were kind of usually going to be getting seen in like a good light and we were going to be getting seen in like a bad light and it was regardless kind of of what we were doing um 
and so but I also kind of played into it as well like I kind of like was a little disruptive in class sometimes and wasn't paying attention and like was kind of like cracking jokes on people and stuff like I was nice like I was never like mean to anybody but I was also not like really sensitive and I wasn't being like my true self I was just kind of like trying to like make an impression and like kind of be like a little bit of a badass but not really um you know I would be sarcastic with people and stuff like that but like I was never really like mean I was still friends with everybody I could pop into any group and nobody would be like walking away from me or like making fun of me or like saying anything bad about me like I was never like openly mean to anybody but I did say things that were just insensitive and stupid basically about white people um and I don't even know if I believed it but it was kind of like ideas that I got from media and impressions that I got um just from certain things and I did have some people that used to watch after us that were like I guess babysitters I guess you would call them but we weren't like children it's just where we lived like you know in LA you don't really leave your kids at home like that if you if you don't need to like my parents weren't like comfortable with it and they were taking night classes or my dad was working late and my mom was taking night classes and so like my dad would get home around 8 or 9 p.m. and so like they weren't comfortable with us being alone in the house even though it was me and my brother and then like our younger sister and my younger sister was a lot younger back then so we had two of the people from the church that were these females that were family friends they would stay with us um and um it was like a couple nights a week and my mom would prepare dinner before she had to go to class it was like a lot like basically they were there all the time and I remember you know around that time when I was always talking about like black people or white people this and this and that um I was around them and I was talking about like you know black people white people this and this and that and I remember saying like I hate white people and then you know they were like mixed I think they had they're they're from um they're from a Central American country and one of their parents is Spanish-speaking um Latina and I guess would consider herself white Uh, um and their dad is is you know he would consider himself black and you know they met in this country and not this country but in their home country and got married and had them as kids and so you know I never really thought about it that way because I they lived in a very black neighborhood you know they used to like joke with us and like tease us and say that we were like whitewashed and that kind of thing but then you know like I, I kind of looked up to them because of the neighborhood they looked they lived in and like learned a lot about black culture being around them and we would sit around and watch like music videos and tv shows with them and like you know play basketball and stuff and we would be very involved in like you know stuff that was more stereotypically black than the other stuff I would usually be doing with kids from the other school and so um you know but then they kind of let us know that like yeah you might look black but you're still different than us and so I thought it was maybe like a safe a safe space to be like hating on white people around them but they were just kind of like, oh, do you hate my mom? Like, she's white. And I'm like, I don't hate your mom. Like, that was, like, the first time I ever really kind of, like, thought about what I was saying. Because I was like, I don't hate your mom. Like, I don't I have nothing against your mom, you know. And, like, she'd never done anything to me. Um, 
that was wrong or mean or anything. She's been nothing but kind. Uh, back then, she didn't speak English at all, and so she'd always come up to me and speak Spanish and, like, say all kinds of nice, cute little things, and, like, I didn't really know what she was saying, but she was nothing but nice, and so I had really no real reason to say that, and I, you know, but, and we had a neighbor kid that was, um, his family was from Argentina, and they would always tease him and be like, oh, that little white boy, and then I remember him overhearing it, and him being like, well, you know, I'm not just white, and, like, I speak Spanish, and, like, all this kind of stuff, so there were always kind of these, like, odd, little odd, like, racial dynamics that I was, like, raised around, um, and, like I mentioned, like, my parents aren't completely unprejudiced people. Like, I've never heard my dad comment about, like, the race of anybody being dated. It's more of my mom that kind of says stuff like that. And there's always this kind of not-so-funny joke that she likes to say, we're going to send you guys to Africa and marry you off kind of thing. And, like, she's just saying stupid crap, but it's so, like, it's like, first of all, I'm not straight, so who are you going to try to marry me off to in Africa? And she keeps on saying, like, this African prince kind of thing, and I'm like, what prince? Like, there is no prince that you guys know. And, like, it's just, it's annoying. I get annoyed by it because I I think it's, like, weird and strange. (laughs) But she says it to to my sister, too, because my sister, you know, she dates a white guy, and it's fine, I've never really, I'm like, well, as long as they're happy, I don't really care, but my mom, I mean, to anybody's face, she never says anything, but then, like, you know, at home, she'll kind of be like, oh, I don't want her marrying into this, like, white family, like, she'll say it, like, a little bit, but I don't really think she means it, and then she'll be like, you know, I hear things like, I used to be raised with the idea of, like, you like, if you can't share a comb with somebody, then you shouldn't marry them kind of thing. I'm like, to me, it's just kind of like, I, I know that I've said things and that things have come out of my mouth, but I don't think I really actually believe them. Um, and I still get those kind of messages a little bit here and there. But even though, like, you know, I have, I have cousins that are white. I have uncles that are white. I have aunts that are white. I have, you know like people who have intermarried into our family that are white have cousins that have been born that are like half white and half black and you know I I don't really think about it too much like like that but I know that there is definitely racism there is definitely prejudice it does exist I would say my family doesn't really say anything too far out of the norm but they also don't challenge the kind of ignorant things that people kind of say um it's just kind of like I feel like it's ignorant talk but nobody's backing it up with actual actions so I guess to that extent I mean I I still don't think it's okay but to that extent it's like okay like people will will say dumb dumb shit you know and so I mean those are things that I would say I'm not like proud of like if I had friends come over and my parents started like spouting out some weird stuff about like white people I'd be like oh my god like (laughs) stop you know but it's like yeah we never like I don't really think you know I wouldn't consider myself a racist person like I I notice 
when people don't understand something that's going on with me because I'm black and because they're white um, and I understand um, when there's like a, you know, I, and that, that does happen a bit, but not like so much that it's a problem. Like usually we're just having fun and partying. We're not really like in the whole race thing, but um, it does have to come up, you know? And so with this, with this Black Pride uh, event, I mean, that's my whole freaking <laughs> family history, but um, with this Black Pride event, um, I don't really know which of my friends who aren't Black, I mean, I have a couple Latino friends who are joining or want to join or said they would join or whatever. We'll see what actually happens, but um, I, I don't really know who is actually going to come that's not black. And so, and I did get the impression that, you know, one of my friends said they wanted to go because I told them I might be in town for that. And then like a couple weeks later, they were like, I don't know, it might not be, you know, I don't want to like step on somebody else's safe space because I'm white. And I was like, yeah, it's a point. But like, I, I didn't really think about it. I was like, I don't really know what to say. Um, and then, so I don't really know. I didn't really know what to say, but it might also be like a discomfort. Like, I get it. Um, but I, I'm also kind of like, I wonder if, I mean, this is just a question I want to ask out loud, um, is just, I wonder if white people think, like, okay, so, let me think about this, let me talk about this way, the club that I'm going to, it's usually mostly white guys, usually, right, that's normal for this city, this is like a normal thing, and so, you know, I'm usually, as a black female, I'm usually not, there usually aren't a whole lot of us up in there. Like, there's some, but there aren't, like, a whole lot of us up in there. Um, but I never feel unwelcome because I'm black. I'll put it that way. Um, now, in other settings, especially because it's like, okay, well, I'm clearly, you know, I try to give off the best gay vibes I can possibly give when I'm, when I'm there. And so... <laughs> You know, I dress the way that I'm comfortable when I go there. I'm, I'm comfortable in myself when I'm there, regardless of what race of people are going to be showing up. So that's usually been my experience with that venue. Um, but when it comes to... Um, like, other stuff with, with race... Um, you know, I wonder for white people out there, like, do they think about, do they, do they think about this in the same way that I'm thinking about it? Like, when, when it's a Black Pride event, do they think, oh, I'm going to be the minority there, so it's a little bit uncomfortable? Is that, is that the mindset? Because, um, I mean, even... I think it's, 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 if that is the mindset, it's interesting, because I think a lot of times, maybe a lot of white people don't have to think like that, um, they don't get opportunities where they think like that, um, I think they just go, and they go where they're gonna go, they shop where they're gonna shop, they go, you know, especially in the gay, 
in the gay scenes, usually it's gay white males, and they're usually welcome with every event anyways, even if it's, like, Latin night, you're still gonna see gay white guys there, like, it's, it's, they're always there, and it's fine, I'm not saying they shouldn't be there, I'm just saying, I just want, it's just a question that I have, is it, is it something that white people don't think about too often if they're going to be in a space where they're going to be the minority um and I wonder you know is what that's like because I do know that it can be uncomfortable for white people to be around black people in black spaces um a lot of times you know they they might feel like someone's going to say something to them or be offended by their presence there um and they're not comfortable and I you know I get that and you know I don't think it's okay to have like an event that's you know supposed to be inclusive um and then have have people feel like I can't really walk in the door because somebody might say something or look at me weird or do something. But then also, I'm not saying they they would deserve that. I don't think white people would deserve that from black people or anything like that. I don't think that's okay for people to just be like, you know, acting that way towards others. I mean, I feel like if there's a white person in a, in a black space, they, they want to be there. Um, they made the effort to go there. And especially if they're not there stepping on toes or protesting something or being like weird in some way against black people then I don't really think their presence should be considered threatening like as an issue even though I know that um sometimes you know people feel like I can't really be my comfortable authentic self as a black person when I'm around other white people and that's a thing too um but I do I do also think that you know, if there was something that was happening that was racial exclusion or racial, you know, hatred in a space where it's like, like, okay, other LGBT non-black people want to be here too, like, is it okay, um, for them to go, um, and I don't really know what to say, I never really know what to say. I don't mind it, but who am I also? I mean, I know there are people who would mind it, and so I don't really know what to say. But I would just say, and I don't I don't want this to come off as, like, like mean towards white people because I don't think they deserve to be treated badly just because they're white. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but also, I think when the when the when the roles are reversed right when it's a reversed situation it's always important to pay attention to those reversed situations a lot of times we get a lot of firsthand experience of things that we would not have been able to know about ourselves about how other people see us about what prejudice looks like about what racism looks like unless you've experienced it yourself and I'm not saying white people don't experience racism but I'm just thinking okay imagine and I can't imagine being a white gay guy but if I were a white gay guy you know any gay space that I would go into Hollywood San Francisco anywhere you know 
even lesbian bars, you know, I would be welcome to go because I'm a gay white guy. Um, I don't think other um, gay minorities, gay ethnic minorities feel similarly all the time. And so I do think it's just an interesting thing to look at. If a, if a gay white person is considering, okay, say if it is appropriate for them to be there, then, you know, um, I don't know if they would be considering it. Um, I don't know if they would be considering uh, what that's like, you know to be in a space where people look at you weird just because of your race where people you know are kind of chattering maybe strange little things because of your race um where people are kind of like maybe a little insensitive about the clothing you might even choose to wear because you're kind of choosing maybe you know certain brands that are like from your culture or certain you know sneakers or certain hairstyles and certain just different certain stuff that you know you know other people might look at it and be like oh like you know like that's weird and so I think I think too when white people go into black spaces I I'm I've never seen it with my eyes but also I'll honestly say that I don't really have a lot of opportunities that I actively participate in going to a lot of black spaces. I mean, on occasion, I'll, I've, I have hung out in Lamert Park on occasion. The, the pandy has really altered a lot of the things that I socially would probably do or a lot of the places I would go um, because it's only now becoming more and more open but like to go to to physically be at those spaces and so I've had a couple years of kind of like not really being too too involved in some spaces that I've avoided not because they're black spaces but because I was avoiding everything pretty much um and then other than what was local and what was the most local easiest stuff to get to was never really like black related stuff so much it wasn't necessarily white related stuff overtly but it was like kind of the default was white um and so i just wonder you know it's not possible for anybody to really understand fully anybody's experience right um but sometimes something is almost about as close as it's gonna get and so i do think that it's good to kind of challenge when that kind of stuff comes up it's good to think about it and of course I would never want one of my one of my white friends to feel uncomfortable to feel in danger to feel like you know to have to break up an argument or break up a fight or have to be in the middle of some kind of ignorant kind of racial tension in a, in a space that I love being in you know I would never want that to, to have to happen like we're there to party we're not there to like be racist um, we're there to celebrate that we're still alive and, you know, as, as non-straight people or non-cis or as non-cis people or whatever, 
you know, or as allies, you know, we can, you know, celebrate that something worked, you know, up to this point that we're still able to kind of have any have an event where we can all walk in there. Um, I don't think they're like excluding people by race at the door like that. That's not a thing. And um, also, okay, so there's some things that are interesting that they put it like this club usually has doors opening at like 10 p.m. Right. And so it's interesting that they put this event to end at 9 p.m. So and I mean, it is on a weekend day, but it's like also not during one of their prime club nights. Right. And so I feel like there, there, there might be some some uh, not confusion, but some uh, um, some pressure on their end to be like, we don't want to take spaces away from the majority white guys to give them to the black gays. You know, it's like I kind of understand that, too. And it's like there aren't any black gay clubs in this area. Um this is the closest one to it only because it has like two different rooms so one room is a is a is a hip-hop room it's got like hip-hop and like reggaeton and like other types of like ethnic music sometimes and then the other room is usually like edm kind of pop edm kind of djs and stuff like that and so they're usually going simultaneously i don't know what the music's going to be tonight but they're usually going simultaneously. So usually there are a lot more minorities in the room where it's like reggaeton, where it's like hip hop, R&B kind of music. Usually there's a lot more um, minorities in that section, uh, but it's not separated like you can't go to the other side or whatever. It's not like that. Like I've always considered it to be a safe space. And so I just hope that I'm not worried that it's not going to be I'm just, these are the kinds of things that never really come up, you know, when you're, when you're used to kind of hanging out in gay male, um, gay white male spaces, these kind of conversations aren't really happening. Um, most of the people I hang out with other than, um, there's like two white ladies, um, the rest of them are probably Latinos, Latinas. Um, and a few black people, um, and so I would say the majority of people I actually know are, like, Latinos and Latinas, they're not really, or Latinx people, I don't, I don't think the majority of the people I know are black, or the majority of people I know are white, um, and I'd say after the Latinx population, I know probably more white people, um, but I I like hanging out with everybody. I really don't care. Like I'm just ready to party and dance my ass off, pretty much, um, and see my friends that I haven't seen in a while. Like I said, I've been cooped up since like June 15, and that that uh, sorry since June 5. I wish it was the 15th because that would be closer. You know, I wish it was the 15th. It's not the 15th. Um, yeah, it's just not something I'm cool with. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take a break from recording for now because I'm tired and I've been recording for like over an hour, probably close to almost an hour and a half at this point, an hour 15 and then, uh, uh, passing San Onofre guys, if you guys like the Beach Boys, which I do, 
um, that Surfing USA song, <laughs> um, but, um, when they mention San, San Onofre, it's kind of funny, so, like, it's kind of interesting, because I passed a lot of those, uh, places that they mentioned, um, between, like, LA and San Diego, um, but, yeah, I don't really know. I, I mean, it's it. There's a lot of complexities in the world right now with political stuff. I'm not here to really spout anger and hatred towards any group. I just there are a lot of complex questions that I think you know are worth mentioning and talking about. And I think one thing that I appreciate so much that I value so much um, with my white friends. This is something I really, really value, and I don't even know, I've never even brought it up with them, and I probably might when I talk to some of them tomorrow, but um, something I, I value so much is that we're actually able to address the elephant in the room, and we're actually able to talk about um, racial stuff. Um, I mean, they don't really do anything that's, like, racially insensitive, not that I've noticed, um, they're actually very, um, open-minded people and, um, willing to learn about stuff. And I'm willing to learn too. Um, I wouldn't say I don't know a lot about white culture though. I mean, I was raised around plenty of white people in plenty of white spaces and I kind of get, get it. Um, but I do notice that for the majority of the white people I know, they tend to not be in non-white spaces um but also it's just kind of the nature of where we live the majority of the places are white places um but I mean there's still a lot of minorities there but as as it is with minorities you know there's there's there can be multiple minority groups but it doesn't make you the minor the majority like I feel like maybe overall the minorities as as a whole the minorities outnumber the the Caucasian majority for sure um but the but as an individual group there's always more white people in most of the spaces that I'm in um and I'm it's it's not a problem I'm just saying that's just the reality of where I live I mean I'm in Southern California like near like when you're along the coast in Southern California it's it's there's a lot of white people there like that's just how it is um I mean if you don't want to live where there's white people then there's other places to live I clearly don't care um you know I I I but I do find I do find so much value and so much blessing and being around people that you know we can talk about this kind of stuff and not get you know uh not get um not get to a space where we're not actually like able to have a conversation like we're actually able to like have full-on deep conversations about race they're you know have friends that are able to like ask me questions and you know they ask permission they're not like popping off the rails and stuff like they're you know everybody's polite respectful like I can't think of anybody saying saying or doing anything racially insensitive towards me anytime recently um and not with these current friend groups but I um 
you know, they're they're still my people, you know, and you know, I would hate for any for any for any of my white friends to feel like they um I don't know. I wouldn't want them to experience anything negative, but I do know that, you know, um, with the climate of things, you know, things get really tense, not with my friend group, but things get really tense out there, you know, we got all this, uh, Roe versus Wade, we've got, you know, a lot of, uh, LGBT people getting really scared that, okay, now we're gonna start getting our rights taken away, if they can take that away from, like, cis people, or potentially pretty much, not, it's not, it's, I mean, I don't know, when it comes to pregnancies and things, that's not just, like, a straight cis topic, but it's, like, that affects everybody, but it's like, you know, LGBT people have been kind of at the, at the bottom of that conversation for so long, it's like, people already saying you can't get married, people already saying you can't, you know, have a family, or have kids, or adopt, or, you know, have equal rights in your household, if, if one of your spouses gets killed, and you might not have the rights to, to, um, the money, or whatever that looks like, like, you might not, get the rights just aren't equal as it is for partnerships um and gay and gay relationships at least not worldwide and so um yeah and so I don't I don't I don't I don't know there's just so much going on right now I mean we just had Juneteenth was last weekend it's like there's a lot happening guys it's a lot there's a lot going on um And I don't want to make it seem like, um, like, I, like I'm unaware, but, um, there's certainly a lot going on and it's not always safe out there. And, you know, I think the hardest thing really though, is having people to talk with about it because it's like, if you can't talk about these things, they're never going to change. It's never going to get better if people can't talk about it, you know? Um, And I'm not here to, like, be offensive or anything. I mean, I'm just talking about my own experiences, my own perspective. I mean, I could put myself and my family on blast. I've I've said said racist bullshit, you know? Like, I, you know, I'm not, like, proud of it. I don't even believe it. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I was raised around a lot of white people because I know that there are a lot of white people that are great people out there. There are a lot of black people that are great people out there. There are a lot of white people that are assholes. There are a lot of black people that are assholes. Um, but there is a system and there is privilege um, that, you know, is kind of like at the forefront of a lot of things. But, you know, when we interact on a personal level, it doesn't have to interfere with, like, everything we do, you know. It doesn't have to interfere with... Um, a lot of things, you know, but I know it's hard to not let it interfere with things. Um, I know, like, you know, I've had white friends who feel like, I mean, no, nobody I'm talking to, like, immediately, but, like, it's come up in the past that, like, you know, why why would a white person get passed over by a black person, I mean, by, you know, for a higher, to get hired or get into a school, you know, they might get passed over by another, you know, a minority person because you know they need diversity in the company 
and so even you know I understand that that's not that's not cool either um to feel passed over or to feel like okay I'm now getting put at a disadvantage because other people who are minorities are getting prioritized over me I mean like I've never had that experience I've had the opposite experience of being like okay like they they're not gonna let me into this space because they don't want a black one in here like it's it's kind of like more like that but I I don't know I mean it goes it goes all different directions guys like none of us are immune to any of this bullshit um that comes with racism none of us are immune to it um one of my favorite skits oh my gosh my favorite skit was the one with Dave Chappelle not I don't I'm not like very well versed in things but like um it's um with the Chappelle show where he starts talking about you know well he's a the skit was he's a well it's a spoiler for you guys he's a he's he's blind and he's married to this woman who's blind and and I think he was blind from birth and so he was raised around you know in a in a neighborhood in an area where you know it was very prejudiced against black people and so he developed a prejudice against black people not knowing himself that he was black and ends up becoming like of a high status in the KKK and he has you know there were people I think there were people who were friends of his like a white friend that was a seeing person who who um had no visual problems and um noticed that you know um Dave Chappelle's character you know didn't notice that he was black himself and then people were shielding him from knowing about it and I think he wrote a book or something and you know he had this is as part of the skit he wrote a book and so he was going to go talk about I guess his book or give a speech at this like rally where there were like KKK members and you know he had the I guess the guy the seeing person um encouraged him you know why don't you wear like the the KKK you know the hood and the all this stuff so like people couldn't see your face kind of thing and then um he was talking and people were totally on board with him like everyone's like cheering and like excited and like down for the cause and he was saying all this racist racist stuff against black people and the crowd was all just like excited and then they're all like we want to see your face we want to see your face you know like because he's talking in, in person like at a, giving a speech we want to see your face and he takes off the hood and he's here he is a black man saying all this racist crap against black people and they didn't know he was a black man because i mean he wrote a book and so they didn't really like know him um i guess he didn't have any pictures on there and then um it was just that kind of thing i mean you can't even hardly talk about that kind of stuff um and have it make any kind of sense but yeah it was just a very interesting skit and i really that's one of my favorite skits ever because it's like that's that that's not really realistic (laughs) um but i kind of see racism kind of like that it's like if you were blind and nobody told you anything about your race you know what would that experience be you know what i mean it's like that would definitely be such a different experience if you're blind and nobody told you what your race was um your experience in life would be so different from somebody who wasn't blind um (laughs) so 
I just find it so, so intriguing um, to even think like that. It's like there's so many topics you can even talk on just from that. And it's like there weren't even gay issues really brought up. There, You know, it wasn't any other type of thing. It was just black and white kind of stuff. And um, even that alone is just such a complex skit where it's like, you think about it and you're like wow like wow really like he was like you know <laughs> like it's just kind of funny it's it's I find that kind of thing to be funny where it's like okay you got all these people believing in all these preachings that this person is saying and that a black person could be racist against other black people I think a lot of people might not notice that or or think that like I was saying with my family there's there's a mild there's been a mild amount I would consider it mild maybe it's not mild but I would consider it you know at least some amount there's been some amount of like racism between like black Americans and black Africans um that I've that I've witnessed and noticed um but it's never gotten like out of control I mean I know people get their feelings got their feelings hurt by it but it's never something that's been like an overt like current kind of ongoing thing um but yeah that's just something I definitely noticed and then um yeah like that I'll end with that because I want to eat some lunch while I'm driving I'm stuck in this stupid traffic by Camp Pendleton I'm just so annoyed but all right guys thanks for listening